0: On this good uh, fine Sunday, I'm good.
1: I'm good. I have. Uh, I'm. I think I'm basically prepared for the move. Excellent. That's nice. And for the listeners I, at home, uh, CJ is moving apartments. I am. I am. And I think it. I think it's going to be relatively smooth. So that's nice. That's good. And um, then I've been. Just sort of keeping my head down uh, and yeah. working and trying to eat better and all of those fun things. Yes. <laughs> but um, and 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 also trying my hardest and my damnedest to keep abreast of popular culture and and all of TM. those things. <laughs> Pop culture TM. <laughs> so, what about you? How are you doing this this find? T- end of the weekend not bad um
0: yesterday i had a seven hour recording session or writing session with my co-writing partner
1: (laughs) i was gonna say wow
0: um (laughs) well that actually has happened before you do like when you're tracking like stuff like various different mm -hmm. instruments for for a, a record that could take uh like an entire day i i bet
1: Um, I, I just think of like that, that clip of like, is, I think it was like an MTV thing where Destiny's Child was in the studio as they were, they were like working on the Survivor album yeah and, uh, Beyonce's dad who used to be their manager was, uh, sort of chastising them for not producing a full, like fully producing a song within like a matter of like, I think, six or so hours yeah and um and uh she was just like it takes at least at the very least five hours to write and produce a song yeah and he is just like go- and he's just being a passive aggressive dad <laughs> which no one likes those um <laughs> but uh but yeah yeah uh, this is this is our second episode Yeah, the show. Yeah. And I had the idea yesterday due to a lot of different things that have happened in pop culture that haven't really I think that don't really correspond to each other. Immediately when you think about them, sure. but they all fall under something that I find super interesting, which is this um, how we have turned the concept of a cult of personality into uh, so many different like cottage industries on the Internet especially when it deals with outrage. Now I'm not the type of person to just be like outrage culture, outrage culture, outrage culture, cancel cultures. Everybody's coming to get you <laughs> for whatever, because that's not really how any of this works. Yeah. But when you uh, think about stand which yes. to break it down for anybody whose life is decent and good, um, uh, stands and stand culture uh, are just like hyperactive, hyperactive fans of things. Yes. And the term stand comes from uh, an Eminem song about a stalker yes uh so that that's interesting to see it permeate pop culture in such a way yeah it's kind of anyone say we stand" right out of nowhere with yeah. no context to no yeah. one in particular it's about that yeah
0: it's yeah it's super weird um i've as of late i've heard of the term um super fans in sort of the a replacement of the stand idea um I'm actually reading a book called Superfans, um, which is, I forget who the author is, but it's a good book so far. It's about how to, um, when you're first building a brand, whether it's in regards to a business or in regards to um, if you're an artist or in any sort of medium, be it visual, uh, auditory or whatnot, um, how to first uh, get the attention of just passive people scrolling on the the internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then from there, converting them, getting them interested in the community that you're building, and to eventually get to the point where they are active participants in the things that you are making and creating and releasing for people to find. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of different tactics uh, to figure out ways to provide value to communities where um, then from that point on, people will be more interested in the value that you're providing to uh, to everyone. Um, and so it's very fascinating because... I think the concept of fandom and super fandom uh, is very interesting, and when it's when it's at its best, it's really awesome because you see this community of people being very passionate, and very excited, and sharing in experiences with one another based around a specific thing that you love. And I think yeah. that's that's the that's the beautiful part of it, but what you're speaking to in regards to um, swaths of people on the internet coming to defense of people for the sake of mm-hmm. they've built this community. I have learned to belong here, and therefore I must defend it at all costs. I think that's There's where that. it starts to get that's where it starts to get really seedy and uh, not good. <laughs> If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of different prongs that I approach this from. So there's the uh, when it happens in the the movies, uh, when people are because I think you can all you can sort of channel it all back to social media. Right. So so, not not to be like social media is the is the uh, root of all that is evil in modern society, even though it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think something that's really interesting is about the way that people react to social media is that they, it's all about escapism, even the stuff that even like politics and stuff like that, right. It's all about escapism from what is our day-to-day lives and what are our day-to-day lives. It's, uh, we get up, we go to work, we do all of these things, we are on these, uh, we, we're sort of pseudo-branding ourselves because we're also on these social media pra- platforms and stuff yeah. like that. And we're also on dating websites and things. Yeah. So there's a, a sort of monotony toward that yeah. to that, into that cycle mm-hmm. right. that makes you want to seek out something that's going to make it interesting, something that's going to be novel, something that's mm-hmm. going to be different. So... Then you get the in what you were talking about in terms of uh, in terms of trying to make sure that you are interesting enough to get attention on the Internet. Well, the most interesting stuff on the Internet is stuff that's going to make you mad. Yeah it's the it's the, it's what's most potent i should yes, say it's the, um, yeah it's the most
0: it's the thing that can easily permeate the interwebs very quickly yeah. and very uh, aggressively yeah which makes sense so, because it's very it's very easy to be mad. It's very easy to get
1: annoyed, and very easy to get so ago. easy, so easy. Like, I, and I'm not to say that I haven't fallen prey to it. I've fallen prey to it a very many times. I yeah. think all of these revelations come in in me trying to trying to remove myself from it. But I, um, I the biggest case, obviously, right now is in, I think in the entire inter- entertainment industry is. Uh, on a larger sense, this sort of backlash that people are having to comedians who are having backlash to the subjects of their jokes being angry at their jokes, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it, 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 I guess it's a really complicated way. I, a lot of people just dust it off as, oh, those people are too sensitive and stuff like that. But not when you're like being a literal asshole to like marginalized groups who right. like they're basically the majority of their existence is like people talking shit on them and exactly. legislating shit against them and stuff like that. But then yeah. they... Yeah, go to what is supposed to be comedy, what is supposed to be funny, what is supposed to be, you know, uh, an escape from that. And then that same status quo that they're trying to escape is parroted back at them by this person who is ostensibly supposed to be speaking truth to power. Right. Right. Which I find really interesting. It's Uh, weird that, yeah,
0: it's weird that we're where they were labeling comedians as the ones that are speaking the truth to power.
1: Well, I think it also is in turn a reaction to uh, y'all's president and how like comedians like really went crazy. Yeah. Uh, In terms of not went crazy in a bad way, but they, you know, uh, jokes about him are a dime a dozen nowadays because he's sort of like comedy proof. uh, Right. Which is which is interesting in that way. But then and the only way to like really get uh, get a good laugh off of him is to. Talk around him and right. talk about the atmosphere that permeates the world because of his power. Yes, so that 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 is something that's really interesting. But I think this is uh, I think the the first big dust up of this was Dave Chappelle's comedy special "Sticks and Stones." Yes, that was on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, which resulted in a lot of which I saw. It's fine. <laughs> like all of the shit that people are all of the shit that like people were quote unquote outraged about and the funny thing about internet outrage especially when people are using it to like prove a point it's like they've seen like five tweets right out of like the what billion people who are on Twitter yeah and or they've that seen is- like a headline. Yeah. Yeah. And the headline is uh, and when you click on the headline, there's an article that just has those five tweets. Right. And that's (laughs) supposed to be representative of an entire group or something. Yeah. Right. And then um, I heard more about uh, I I heard more backlash to supposed backlash to sticks and stones than I ever heard. Like the jokes in particular right just as uh, just because they didn't really circulate right uh, and then two then i heard anybody talking like i follow circles of people who have been fucking over dave Chappelle for a very long time mm. just because they uh, dave, just as a tangent dave Chappelle had a show called the Chappelle show on comedy central right and it was full of really sharp satire for the time um About race in America and gender politics and stuff like that. And then the characters he created, the situations he created, the jokes that he made started getting used, particularly by white people in ways that he did not like. So he decided to skip a really big payday from Comedy Central, go to Africa and just like lay low for 10 years. (laughs) And then he came back and... He is, to me, and to a lot of other people, seems to be playing specifically to the types of people that he said he didn't want or didn't enjoy. Uh, or or uh, that he says we're taking his jokes out of context, we're uh, repeating them, parroting them, uh, parroting them back to him, sure, in ways that he found um, missed the point. Yeah, those people are like the primary people who were like defending him against the quote unquote black backlash, Mm -hmm. which is really wild to me. (laughs) Um, But but then also, when I watched it, it was just like, oh, so he's just a shock jock now. Yeah, which is which is a brand of comedy offensive comedy that that was the big thing there was like an article from HuffPost or something like that running around that was just like they, uh, uh, comedy can't be offensive this 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 is not offensive it's comedy no it's right. offensive and it's comedy because that is a that is a brand of comedy right. and if you're gonna do that and there's people who are very good at it I happen to a lot of people don't but I happen to think that uh, Anthony Jeselnik uh, is very good at uh, what's her name Eliza Eliza Selinge? something like that. Last name begins with an S. Okay, uh, blonde, white girl, very pretty, very tall, kind of a shrill voice, but she's hilarious, and cool. uh, she she's really good at it. And then then some people are not because I think part uh, part of it is most people enjoy punch up comedy more than they enjoy punch down comedy. Right, punch down comedy can work. A lot of times it most times it doesn't. Yeah. Most times it's just somebody being an asshole. So then the the second and I think the most like the one that gained the most traction around at least and is the most recent is there is a comedian named Shane Gillis who was uh, hired on. Uh, as a part of this new crap, uh, new cra- uh, crop, excuse me. New crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Freudian talking slip. so fast. Yeah. This new crop of SNL talent that was going to join in the 40th, 41st season. Yeah. And um, within a matter of hours, people had dug up a clip from what is apparently his weekly podcast from I think maybe 10 months ago. Right. Where he was saying some really awful things about Asians and Asians and Asian Americans about Asian food and stuff like that. Really racist shit, right? Yeah. So then there was the talk of uh what do you call it? The like there's a the talk of people boycotting SNL, which like <sighs> first who is still watching SNL on a regular basis. <laughs> and I don't want to be those one of those people who's just like, "Oh my god. SNL's not funny anymore." Ma, 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 ma. Like SNL has had funny moments Right. through like everybody's favorite SNL cast is the cast when they were in high school and they don't like any of the other ones. It really and, is. <laughs> like cuz you know that's that's why like the sort of late era Apatow, Feig, sort of stuff like Bridesmaids and even Wine Country hit me a little hard because when I was in middle school going in high school and all throughout high school I had like uh, Andy Sandberg I had Kristen Wiig Maya Rudolph Amy Poehler Mm -hmm. uh, just all that's my cast and a lot for a lot of other people their cast is Murray and Belushi and Radner and and those people and then for a lot of other people there's Will Ferrell and so on and so forth yep so you know Know, they're like, yeah, it, like SNL is funny intermittently and it has been funny intermittently for the past 41 years right so it all depends uh, yeah you outgrow it very quickly yeah and you're supposed to yes uh but we just as we talk about a lot we just sort of live in this world where everybody uh, uh gets a gets their claws into a thing that they enjoyed when they were a child and that thing has to keep up with them in their maturity it has to develop along with them or it becomes bad
0: well i i think even in those instances
1: when it does do that it's oh it it also still becomes bad
0: yeah it still becomes bad because it's a it's not the thing that you were that you were looking
1: for or you were wanted to feel or embrace so it's it, it, and if it's if it's a version of a thing that is foreign to you in some way or different uh, then that you, you balk at that I yeah see shira see thundercats roar i don't even know if thundercats roar ever came out there was like so much backlash to it, and everybody's just like why isn't this like a good thundercats i think and it i did. was just like oh well that's good i'm then pretty sure I'm it sh- did and I there hope was no fanfare it. around it cool uh <laughs> because people were like demanding that like there'd be like a good uh, they were like oh why don't we go back to good thundercats uh, to which my question was always when was that because thunder <laughs> there is no good version of thundercats all bad all bad thundercats is dumb thundercats is dumb and it's not bad because it's dumb it just happens to be dumb yeah and like y'all oh t- uh, uh, man uh, we can get into entire tangents about <laughs> wow. about 40 year olds uh, who demand that their favorite cartoons turn into fucking Game of Thrones. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, back to Shane Gillis, I think that there was uh, everyone there was a lot of that, like, it can't be offensive because it's comedy and stuff like right. that. There was a, I watched The View. <laughs> Yes. Every morning I watch The View because Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> is on the View and Whoopi Goldberg is my idol. I love her so much. And me we and her me and her very much do not agree on everything, but I like seeing her every day. And um, the I, I get they get to Shangulus on a to- as a topic on The View and the entire conversation becomes about the sort of looming specter of cancel culture. Right. And to which, you know, my whole thing is there's no such thing as cancel culture if nobody ever gets canceled. Right, uh, especially when it comes to f- public figures now there's been like stuff that I find like kind of wild <laughs> like um, I, there was this uh, white girl on her way to uh, I guess some African country or something like that to volunteer or be a part of some event or organization mm-hmm. and she made a tweet that featured a racist joke of some sort Before she left, she got on the plane, she got to Africa to find out that one, that tweet had blown up like over the what, nine to 11 hours that she was on that plane. And then Hmm. she gets down there to realize that she just doesn't have a job anymore. (laughs) Wow. Like that kind of, that's, that is where we get extreme, but like the idea that like Shane Gillis, uh, one deserves some sort of res- redemption, immediate redemption, yeah. or shit that he said ten months ago. Like, I uh, part of me can even understand if it was like one of those things where people are just like, he said it ten years ago, man, 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 man. but he said it ten months ago. Yeah, and uh, and that that's something that's that's interesting. Everybody's just like, when do we forgive? And I was like, first off, the story broke like two days ago, so calm the fuck down. <laughs> and then secondly. <laughs> And then secondly, um, one of the wildest ideas to come out of that is, so do we owe, is Shane Gillis, this person we've never heard of, who's, who, who, from what we can tell just isn't funny, can we, are we supposed to think that he is owed because he said, because he said a racist thing, Right. Right. Because he said a racist thing and yeah. got found out about it and there's been backlash to it because he is a racist. Well, And he doubled down on it too. And he doubled down on it. That's why he I said he's a racist. He down on it. Like after he got and, fired. Uh, so he's owed a spot on SNL, on, net, on like network television. He's owed that. Yeah. Just because... Y'all are uncomfortable with calling people out for racism. That is the, that is the most, that is the coolest thing about the internet. Like (laughs) one thing, one thing about, and and when I say cool, I mean, it's just fascinating to look at. Right. One of the things that the right has done is the, like the political right that I think is genius because just in terms of political savvy, Republicans and the GOP and the right in general are fucking geniuses um, is that they have made calling out racism, being against racism and all of that mm-hmm. somehow worse than actual racist speech or worse than actual racist behavior right that is the that is so fascinating yeah and and to see everyone bend over backwards to be like oh yeah well he still is kind of owed that platform because he was picked to be on they like thought he was good enough well first off apparently not because they only got him on there because they thought he would appeal to right-leaning people who are not watching saturday night live exactly (laughs) To Republicans who are not watching Saturday Night Live, you know, to to the alt right, to the far right or whatever, who definitely are not watching Saturday Night Live. Yeah, And it's so funny that when organizations try to do this, it almost always ends up being somebody who's racist, somebody who's transphobic, somebody Mm -hmm. who's homophobic. Mm -hmm. It's like, it is, it, it's so wild to me. So like, and to see, and obviously like, I don't know. Obviously like SNL is going to come out and they're going to be fine. This young man, He's probably like ten years older than I am. This man (laughs) is going to be fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna end up. Yeah, he's gonna end up on Netflix. Or on Hulu or Amazon Prime or something with a special called, I don't know, fucking Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings or whatever. He's going to have a number one comedy podcast. Yeah, because people are going to go on there because he was unjustly, quote unquote, taken down by the S-Jews. And (laughs) the. (laughs) And like. Like. um, In the same vein as people always bring up Aziz Ansari. Now, the stuff that happened with Aziz Ansari was kind of weird. However... He still has a Netflix special coming out. I'm sure when the stuff has died down even further, they're going to come back with another season of that show. People still enjoy working with him and shit. He's still selling out uh, fucking comedy shows around the country. And guess what? So is Louis C.K. And Louis C.K. is an admitted creeper. Yes. So what do you have to tell me about cancel culture when nobody gets canceled? yes exactly nobody like that That. that's the first prong I come in with this like and the second prong is when it comes to cults of personality is how easy it is for the sea to change right because like especially when these people are putting out External versions of a like uh, they're putting out a persona that is based upon themselves that carries their name. Yeah. And then they have human moments. And I want to differentiate between these two things, because being racist isn't what is a mistake. It is not a it it is not a human moment. It is a thing. It is a conscious decision. It's a learned moment. Um, but the other example I have is I listen to The Read. Yeah. Uh it's a popular podcast based out of New York uh by Kid Fury, who is about to have a show on HBO, which is kind of cool. It is very cool. And uh Crystal, who's a fantastic writer and orator. And uh, there was a moment, and I don't know either of them. I don't know Kid Fury. I don't know Crystal. I'm just a fan of the show, and this is just observations from having listened to the show and being a fan of theirs, uh, and and things that they've said, uh, particularly Crystal. Uh, apparently, her last relationship was kind of a kind of a bad one, uh, mm. emotionally, and I alleged I, 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 some. I, from what she says, uh, physically abusive. And I have no reason not to believe her. And, um, and you could hear it. Because this all came out an explanation for this behavior. You could sort of hear it in the way that they would record the show. The, the Sometimes she'd come in. Sometimes they drink on the show. It'll, it'll be loose and loosey-goosey and stuff like that. And sometimes you're like, oh, wow, Crystal was really on one. And there was a sustained, there was kind of a sustained period of that. And not to bring this up as a judgment of Crystal or anything, we all go through shit. But the people I was in like groups, like Facebook groups that were like fan groups for the read, and yeah. I was on Twitter with other fans of the read. And the way that they would talk about Crystal for like just going through it in public, right, was wild. And this idea that like we feel because we know this person's persona <laughs> that they give to us via their work, via their writing, via their content um that we know them. that that we know them and that parasocial relationship is really fucking dangerous yeah and it's uh in and, and and i think hard for a lot of people to reconcile in any real way um right. be- it, because you think it, because i think Instagram and Twitter and stuff have blurred the line so far between fan and friend. Yes.
0: Oh, and it definitely has. And I think what makes it worse is that the generation that grew up with those things um, are using them as communication tools. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: you and have they these think people just, that they, they view... use Instagram like a phone. Right. Yeah, like 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 the way we would just that's how they get in contact with their friends. Right. Not knowing that Instagram is also, you know, a tool that's being used to like sell you you. yeah, and sell stuff to you and sell stuff to you because of like the friends you have and the people you follow and stuff like that. And every and when we're all branding ourselves. Yeah. uh, And we can't differentiate between the brand that we put out how are we supposed to differentiate between the brand that the people who we have these parallel social relationships with have, uh, how are we supposed to differentiate between their brands and them as real people?
0: Yeah. Especially. Yeah. And again, from the coming from the context of like kids in high school and middle school right now, where there are real relationships being built online through the means of the internet. And uh, I genuinely don't know. Um <laughs> at, at this juncture it's like I mean even here it's like <laughs> if we want to get really meta about it we're having a conversation about this very subject on a
1: podcast <laughs> Between two friends who have never met in person. Exactly. (laughs) We only have very specific ideas of who we
0: are. And mm -hmm. based on our conversations that we've had with each other, we don't know the full lived experiences of each other, even though we have, spoken about it before yeah it's and a struggle
1: yeah yeah it is it is and that and, and that's scary especially when it comes to something like fandom because friendship and fandom is not the same thing it isn't and um and we're growing up i think a lot of people are growing up um with those things inextricably linked right yeah and that is i feel kind of dangerous It is, it is dangerous
0: because when it doesn't work, then you have these instances and we go into these things about like, oh, this person is not what they say they were. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there are instances where I think it does work. Um, Particularly, not necessarily the community that is built around the per, it's, it's not the, it's not the person Giving to the community and the community giving back to that person, but more mm-hmm. so, it's the interactions that the community sort of builds between each other, yeah. where you're coming around, where you're all gathering around a specific idea or a specific person, and then you're getting to know each other and learn about each other's interests and lives through that. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good that comes through that. Um, whether or not. It's, I mean, I guess it's just what we're talking about appears to and feels to be like a microcosm of just what people go through without the interface of the internet. We see, we see all of the emotional and, uh, even even physical in the form of video things that people go through on a day-to-day basis because it's inundated through the means of this of our computers and our phones yeah and so um, it can be tough to discern like what what feels real you know yeah i don't so know ha- i don't even know what I don't even know. And I guess I would have to ask yeah. kids nowadays, like, like, what do they think is real? Yeah. yeah. And that's oh, very man. bizarre.
1: Well, I was uh, so I've had the unique opportunity to have dated two teachers just this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um like and i'll talk about one in particular because uh he deals more with teenagers who i think is where we really need to start worrying yeah um, actually that's a little doomsay, where we need to pay attention yes and because i think
0: i think if there's anybody that knows how to navigate the world of what we're talking about it's them
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, but when he would tell me that when he talks to these kids about what they want to be when they grow up, when I was a kid, all everybody wanted to be a basketball player or a rapper. And they didn't, even, they just didn't ask the girls what they wanted to be. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. um <laughs> yeah so uh, that that's a whole nother thing but uh yeah when I was growing up they said they wanted to be a rapper or a basketball player and that was that was the big thing right that was the thing that adults would come by and say everybody ain't gonna be uh Kevin Kevin Durant Mm-mm, one of the one of another basketball Kevin Michael Jordan. Kevin Garnett Kevin Garnett yeah Kevin Garnett I and and I know that because I met him one time, but the oh. yeah, he's very tall. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, every, they were like, everybody ain't gonna be Kevin Garnett, everybody ain't gonna be Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was the big popular hotness when I was a kid, yeah. And they and now they have to tell the kids, well, everybody ain't gonna be ninja. No. Like the Twitch streamer. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, everybody ain't going to be, I don't know. The Dolan twins. I found out who they were recently, like just this year. You and um, how was that as an experience? It's it's fine. There's yeah. this anime called Baki, and they both look like the the main character called from, from Baki and it's you are very, very not wrong. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> um, uh, but the Yeah, so they have to tell these kids they're not all going to be influencers. Like that, yeah. that's the thing. That's the, the the idea that someone would aspire to be an ad. Right. Like, like, and, but, like but, from, but, but I always uh, said that I would be really cool to be a spokesperson like for something like, yeah. but but like be a blatant, like, I know that I am a part of selling you a product. That is my job. Right. But that, and there is no pretense about this is the real me. This is like, there's a difference between um uh kim kardashian yeah uh, married to that man uh, there's a difference between her selling like diuretic tea right and yeah. saying that this is how we this is how she lost all this weight when it was actually in actuality I'm not saying that she never works out or anything like that but it was also in actuality uh, a lot of like uh, body reconstruction through surgery and stuff like that And exactly. the way you can look like me is if you shit your brains out with this tea yeah there's a difference between that and Lizzo singing her song juice in a vodka commercial right Like Lizzo is like, I I am Lizzo. Here is a thing. It's called Juice, so they wanted to brand it with my song. (laughs) Like that—that's a different. That's a wholly different thing. When you know you were being sold something, and when the intentionality is this is an ad, versus I am your friend. Yes, therefore, and I'm telling you, please. This is what I like. You want to look like me? Yeah please buy this and shit your brains out and the <laughs> or p- please buy these diuretic lollipops please buy it's all about diarrhea why don't you just <laughs> why, why isn't anybody like why don't they ever show themselves just like Cutting some leeks in the kitchen or something like it is making so, a nice stew. Yeah. Just, just like, Oh, well, uh, leafy greens. Yeah. Has, Yum. Hashtag ad, you know, I'm going to eat a salad <laughs> from this company. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, That that's the thing. I think that like, if like, if, if the, I, there has to be like a lobby for, Ag, like an agricultural lobby for like vegetables and stuff like that. They yeah. have to have the money with which to pay a, a. Kardashian. <laughs> one of them. There's a million. They or just, even the Rock have, or even the just to say, hey, have you gotten your roughage today? <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. is.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's why sales of spinach shot up because Popeye would eat it in
1: the cartoons. That's why I used to eat spinach. Yeah, so I mean, at, at the end of the day, but I think I, I think there's only so much that you can do about it because the I think the world right. is really propped up on it right now. Yeah, um,
0: I think but, I think um, it's reasonable to say that not everybody is going to be an influencer, but something to break down, and maybe this is just a language thing to say mm-hmm. that you will not have. Influence is something I take umbrage with because.
1: Oh no, I'm not saying that. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, and but but I'm saying I'm saying like there's no differentiator or it doesn't feel like there's a differentiator because Mm -hmm. the concept of being a fan for someone or having influence in somebody's life, I think is super important. Um, at least in terms of building relationships, I think online communities can foster that and real life interactions can foster that as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the story of, um, I went to back to my old high school with uh, my college acapella group in my senior year, and we performed for one of my choir classes for one of the choir classes that was held during a session, um, like we had a workshop session with the choir, and um, a few months later I was at like a banquet back with my, back at my high school because my choir teacher was retiring. And um somebody came up to me and gave me a letter saying this person wouldn't wasn't able to make it tonight, but they wanted to they wanted to give you this letter to pass on to everybody in the group. Um, and it was a letter of like, you know, I want I after after you guys came, I, I really thought about how I wanted to keep music in my life, and it helped change my perspective on uh, what I wanted to do in terms of uh, not only just pursuing what I wanted to do initially in terms of where I wanted to go for school, but also just keeping that aspect of music in my life. And I thought that was really... I mean, it it was really eye-opening for me because I've had mm-hmm. maybe like a handful of experiences with my college group and I doubt not a ton of people maybe people I could probably count on one hand will remember who I was in the context of when I performed with my college a cappella group but the fact that those people do remember me and they remember the impact that I and my friends hadn't had on them and their school uh, is really meaningful, and I think that's that's really the essence of where people should be directing their energy towards in terms of when they say be an influence, being a good influence to somebody and for yeah. somebody.
1: Um. Yeah, and you you brought up the idea of this this idea of like being a fan of the people around you. Yeah, lifting uh, people up, which it. Yeah, which I think is something that if, if we took a modicum of the energy that we spend sharing photos of um, consuming the work of uh, big celebrity influencer type folks and direct that towards the people in our lives who are maybe doing good things, doing fun things, just or even just spending the extra time that you have consuming all of this nonsense from people you don't know with right. the people you do know. I think that that's taking,
0: taking something Taking a small piece of the energy that you are using to be mad at people like Shane Gillis Oof. and redirecting it into something way more productive.
1: Yeah, and I think that something that people don't get is that productivity is hard. Yeah, and that's true. I think that a lot of there's uh it's not really a concept in fitness, it's just what ends up happening. It's like a lot of people there you have a larger society outside if you're mm-hmm. say like a larger person. You have a society outside that is telling you implicitly or explicitly that you should be ashamed of looking the way you do. If you do not look like me or like these people that I look at, then you are not worthy of attention. You're not worthy of love and stuff like that. And we also live in a very sort of like instant gratification society in which because that pain is so heavy that I need to find a way to get rid of it the fastest yeah. way that I can. So they go yeah. to a gym, they start crash dieting and stuff like that. And none, none of that works because you're not doing it the right way or for the right reasons. And exactly. so they think that there's like nothing that they can do uh nothing that you know we can th- that will fix their situation because it's not happening right now right. but the pain is right now yeah and and you want to eliminate that right it's, now yeah and so i think one thing as i'm on this sort of journey of getting my shit together right and which is which is going to be a never-ending process but i'm sort of internalizing that yeah i think it's a a never-ending process for everybody yeah but um it's very difficult to like look at social media and you know when a lot of my friends are out you know, partying every weekend, right? But still manage to you know be able to pay their bills. Still manage to like have healthy relationships with their parents, drinking enough water. They at the gym. They're doing it all. Yeah. Um, and 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 be okay with the fact that I'm not there yet, or maybe I'm never going to be there. Maybe I'm I'm not going to be that particular type of person. And right. trying to figure out who you are in that sense. And I think w- when it comes to productivity. I think that if everything's in shambles, it's so hard to like envision a version of yourself that has a lot of this stuff down pat that right. is able to juggle the way you see other people juggling. And yeah. somebody I can't remember who it was. It was ah man, what is her name? Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick um but she's a youtuber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, uh, do, and this was just about meal prep, right? Right. Uh, her name's Evelyn mm-hmm. and she, <laughs> and she was like, you don't have to be as productive as people who have staff. Right. Yeah. And almost everybody that is like goals, almost everybody is like where you want to be. They're a company. They're a company. Yeah. Like that is, and it, like that was, and, and not, my eyes have been opened by a lot of stuff. But that was something I had to sit back and I'm like, okay. So every right. time you get up and you do that routine and it doesn't work out exactly the way you had, I haven't journaled in like a week. Like, right. Uh, I, you know, and and I would like forget to do it or I just wasn't feeling inspired to do it or something like that. And and every day when that notification would come up to say, you know, have you journaled yet and stuff and journal, I didn't do it. I would just like flagellate myself. Right. For it. Make make yourself
0: feel guilty over something that in essence, really, it's okay if you miss something like that
1: yeah and i think that it's and when your life and i think a lot of people's lives it is so hard because living life is very hard for everybody it's exactly it's, it's it's this big bad adventure and i think when your life is so hard and some and some people definitely have it harder than others and and you just want something to escape from and you're just like, oh, well, just as as an example, you're just like, oh, well, you know, work is tiring me out and I'm so tired. And I've also got these two kids and, you know, being a parent is rewarding and all that stuff, but it's also very hard and Mm -hmm. I always feel like I can't do this. And I see, um, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Uh, And she's touring around the world and also getting her degree, and her knees work the way knees are (laughs) supposed to work. And I just, goals, that's goals. (laughs) well that's the thing yeah that's a that is one of the great questions of the universe what, <laughs> what is in Megan The Stallion's knees because it can't be cartilage it's gotta be like it's gotta be like Cadillac hydraulics or something like that because she goodness gracious oh. I wish I had her knees for everyday tasks let alone all the shit that she be doing like, oh,
0: oh.
1: That's what I said on Facebook. I was just like, I was like, my reboot of Get Out is just me, but I get Megan The Stallion. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, perfect. and you and you and you you have like this person, and they're just like they've got it, but you don't understand that like Megan The Stallion has repu- representation. Megan The Stallion is now signed to Rock Nation. She is, yep. you know, she she's got a team behind her. And if yeah. you don't have a team behind you, look to where, <clears throat> and this is going to, this is going to make things sound really transactional. Right. Right. And I hate, and I hate that because we're all very cynical and, and all that thing. Yeah. But, um, it's very much the golden rule. Actually, this whole do unto others as you would like done unto you treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. If I'm not there for it and I'm not feeling super inspired, like really creatively right now, but yeah. like when I do, like if I'm not there, if I'm not, you know, big up in my friend Galen every time she posts a new room or, or, or space that she's designed. She's an interior designer. Right. right. And she's right. she's pretty damn good at it and yeah. you know if i'm not big up in her and encouraging her every time she is posting uh, a space she designs on instagram if i'm not um at because i made a i made a point to myself because she's doing it more now my friend brie is an actress and she's acting a lot more stuff and every oh, time right. she acts every time she is acting in something that i know about or that she tells me about i yeah. am going to be there Nice. That is a priority for me. I make the time for that because yeah. I care about them, and also those are the people that I want around me if and when I ever stop pop, start popping.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right? And I gotta say, I, I mean, on on that subject, I I can't help but commend you on you actually taking the necessary steps to at least trying to get your life together if that makes sense
1: yeah, because it's so because it's so easy and i and i don't want to be because i what i am sort of still that person i was that person or however you want to say it that is just like oh shit don't matter like i'm trash i might just got like oh wow look at all uh, all these people were doing all these things that aren't me and aren't around me and all that stuff like that. I must right. be trash. And since I'm trash, I'm going to eat nachos at eleven fifty nine and <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep directly after mm. um and if i wake up in the morning and i am in pain because of that it's okay because i'm trash um <laughs> and th- i think but like if you look around the internet that's the purveying that's the that, that's the the most popular version of like self-description uh, that or, is, or treating that is a brand. yourself that is a brand everyone's doing it brands yeah. are doing it Yeah. Brands are being hashtag relatable. Yeah. Wendy's is depressed. Jack (laughs) in the box is making origami out of motherfucking boxes of fries and saying, how's your day? Mine was awful. You know, it's like that that's a thing. And if you can, if you can break out of that, I hate it. Like it sounds corny. It's it's the power of positive thinking and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I I have to, and it's a constant reminder, right? Because even the people who are like the most successful in and stuff like that they still have those days where and and, and I, they have to because I feel that the steps that I've been taking the choices that I've been making are doing me very well I yeah. can see changes in my body I un, I can you know see you know the look on the faces of the people at the Kansas City Anti-Violence Project when I bought like two bags full of clothes in mm-hmm. just to you know give away I can, I can see those those things in in a sort of tangible sense, even though sometimes I get up and I still feel like I'm not doing enough, even though I'm doing way more and way better than I was like a month ago. So it's like it's all it's it's always a constant, you know, thing, because the way you feel, it took a very long time for you to get there. Yeah, it's going to take a very long time for you to get out. But along the way, you know, the more you make those steps, the more you make that. It, it, and and this goes further than being a, f- a f- fan of your friends, being a fan of the people around you. This this exactly. goes towards being a fan of yourself. Yep. So it because it, and, and, and I hate I hate to um, put it in the terms that those like those sing songy terms of you know if you don't like you don't love yourself how you gonna love somebody else all that shit that RuPaul says yeah but um there it's is real. something it is real and there's something to be said about breaking it down in a way that is not just platitudes yes that is about okay is this decision I'm about to make going to make my life better tomorrow
0: Yeah. What are the steps that you are going to take today that will lead into the next day and the following day and so on and And, so forth? And
1: don't let us fool you. It is hard. Yes. It will make you cry. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. I uh, (laughs) like tallied up my Uber Eats and DoorDash usage. This year from like January to July, Mm -hmm. I wanted to climb to the top of my apartment building (laughs) and just fly off that bitch. I... Mm was like, how, what? I was screaming. I had to, I, every time, every time I would tally up just a little bit, I didn't even get to the full tally yet. Every time I would tally up just a little bit, I had to get up from my desk and just go lay down. That's how depressed I was by it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm like, then I deleted those apps from my phone and yeah. I started and I'm cooking at home more and it, it obviously it takes a little bit more effort than just ordering it on your phone and stuff like that. But, and I also like just feel a lot better. I yeah. can control how much I'm eating and stuff like that. I don't feel like I'm being wasteful if I can't eat an entire burger from McDonald's, you know? Yeah. And
0: I it think really is, it's like, I mean, it may be dreadful,
1: But through the dread, there's actually some Mm -hmm. sort of peace of mind that you can find. Because at the end of the day, there is a light at the end tunnel. And I tell people about it. I tell Dan about it. I tell Micah about it. And there's there's something to be said about getting out a piece of paper and writing down the people who are in your pit crew. Yeah. Yeah, exactly because at the end of the day I think I'm on a pretty good streak but I'm gonna there are way more people that will be in your corner than you realize yeah I'm on a pretty good streak but at the end of the day one of these tires is gonna blow out (laughs) And I'm gonna have to stop. Yeah, and get some encouragement. Get some. Get you know. uh, uh, Get back what I've been putting in. And I hate. And I hate putting it like that because again, it does sound transactional. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't believe in those people. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't care about those people. I wouldn't be doing it if you know those weren't the if you know. I want to push them as best I can and and encourage them to push themselves towards their triumphs. Right. Because at the end of the day, uh, when I'm trying to triumph at something or when I get there and the people I want on that mountaintop with me are is a very select few. Right. And, yeah. and I and I want to make sure that. If I've got them there with me, they feel comfortable enough to take me with them. Yeah. I mean, and our whole world is transactional, so it
0: behooves us to find the transactions in our lives that are the most
1: positive and we live under capitalism, which is a monster, um, <laughs> which is, which is, which is why it hurts a little bit to frame yeah. it in that way. Yeah. But the, but yeah, it's um, that, that's, that's, that's really where I am in 2020. It was too early for that, but in 2020, <laughs> we're, we're doing less parasocial relationships and going outside more. We're getting sun. We're drinking water. <laughs> Being a human. Eating sun dried tomatoes. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> sun dried <and> do- <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> and, and, and doing the things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, do you have a flat line this week? Yeah. I do.
0: Nice. Um, so <coughs> you're recording this podcast. I don't know when you're hearing this audience who we're currently speaking out into the void, too. Probably uh, two
1: weeks after we recorded. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So when we're recording it, it's the 22nd of December. 22nd of December. 22nd of September. <laughs> Yesterday was the 21st of September. Oh, and every September 21st, I hope I don't botch his name, but Demi Adijuibe posts a September 21st video. Uh, of him sampling and remixing Earth, Wind & Fires, September. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, this one, like, I said this online, I genuinely don't know how he tops himself every time, but somehow he just he thinks of something that just like takes it to a whole different level and I don't know what he's going to do next year because it's going to be it has to be at least some step up and I'm like it's just incredible it's incredible like how something so small and simple as just like making a parody of September uh, can be something so like funny and fulfilling and
1: wonderful. I love those videos and he's very funny. He He's always guesting on podcasts and things that I listen to. So uh, I look forward to it and he sells those, uh <laughs> those September 21st shirts and stuff like yep. that. And they all go to a good cause, which is nice. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm, I'm glad a big that you took that well. thing
0: and turned it into something beyond
1: just the, the parody that it is. Definitely. Um, I think that my flatline and neither one of them is bad. Oh, that's good. So take that. <laughs> um, uh, the first is a conversation that entertainment tonight, which is an institution that, should not be around anymore. I don't understand what it's for. (laughs) But uh, there is uh, a conversation that they posted about 35 minutes with Diablo Cody, uh Academy Award-winning screen, screenwriter of Juno and mm-hmm. Young Adult and actress Megan Fox to mm-hmm. talk about the film that they did together in 2009 called Jennifer's Body. A yes. movie that I loved. I was on the ground floor of loving that movie. <laughs> It's so good. It completely changed my mind about Megan Fox because I was, you know, in the thralls of Lindsay Ellis has a really great video about the way Megan Fox is framed in the Transformers movies. Yeah, it's great. And how like she is generally like on the page, the most competent person in the entire film. But she is just (laughs) like TNA in terms of the way she's framed in the movie. Exactly. Uh, and that and this idea of her as like a sex pot and mm-hmm. uh, her relationship with Ryan Austin Green and stuff like that labeled her all kinds of gross stuff when she was like in her prime and like her the career prime that she had yeah. in the late 2000s. And this movie came out and it was marketed towards dudes, all based on, like, how sexy she was and stuff like that, when it was really this cool, feminist, gory, yep. like, like gnarly movie about uh, the way that men treat girls and the mm-hmm. way that Uh, girls treat girls because men treat girls that way. Like, so it is so good. I highly suggest people watch it if they haven't, but then also go watch this 10 years later retrospective conversation with the writer uh, and the star Diablo Cody and Megan Fox. So that's one. And the second is um, we were talking about uh, Buzzfeed and how they have this channel or this show called worth it (laughs) yes (laughs) and where they go to three different restaurants at three drastically different price points i'm just like saying they're copy now um and they have the same dish give or take you know fanciness or a few ingredients at yeah. these different places and they'll have and the last one will be super expensive i think the first episode they had like a like a twelve hundred dollar pizza um <laughs> and you know other other things of that nature right. so um but that's not the show that's my flatline um The show that is my flatline is another show where this chef who works for their tasty department, Mm -hmm. uh, her name is Rie, she's from Japan, and she does this show called Make It Fancy. And Mm. she has to take things like spam or like red jello mixture or something like that and try and make like a gourmet meal out of it. Oh, sweet. And she does it every time. And it's really fucking cool. Every episode is like 11 minutes. So it's not trying to take up too much of your time. I love it. Uh, and she's a really fun follow on Instagram as well. So. Sweet. Uh, make it fancy. And the Entertainment Tonight conversation about Jennifer's Are those body. recipes um, doable? Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, like, and sh- they're very uh, on on the tasty videos that have a person behind them yeah they are often a little bit more detailed you see them doing the thing Mm -hmm. uh so it's not you know just three minutes watching somebody like break eggs at like (laughs) 1.75 speed right yeah uh, and then like,
0: uh, you <laughs> know, that, that one video that went viral of just like them making strange blue eggs for no reason. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, what? Yeah. And there, there's another um, there's another show on there called Chef Out of Water, where yeah. a tasty producer who is a chef has to make a three course meal with a particular uh, cooking tool hmm and the challenge is to see if they can do it uh she does it most of the time yeah um so sometimes it'll be a microwave yeah sometimes it'll be an easy bake oven wow sometimes yeah and sometimes it'll be a toaster like so uh that's cool uh, it, yeah and and that one's pretty cool too so i Plus subscribe speed. to a Cole lot of and it's the, not all uh, bad
0: <laughs> Yeah, I subscribe to a lot of the um, kind of shows that are taken from the, uh, the sort of godfather of that kind of DIY cooking thing, which is Good Eats. Mm. Um, yeah. It just seems to all stem from there. And I just really like that kind of approach that makes it feel like the science and the craft behind it are doable. If you're just like working at it and like paying attention mm-hmm. to the things that are like the smallest things you'll be like, Oh, that's interesting. That'll make it taste better a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And it, and it just like makes you want to cook. Yeah, exactly. Instead of like somebody just like saying, oh, here are all of the ingredients and then putting them all in there within like five minutes. And then there's like a gourmet dish there and you don't know how it got there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really good. Also. OK, one more thing. Bad flat line, sort of like point five plat- flat flat <laughs> uh, I would like people, dudes on the Internet to stop trying to tell the guy who made rambo about rambo <laughs> <laughs> you goofy bitches <laughs> yeah. like, it's so annoying it's just like I everyone mean, is there they're just like uh like uh do you know what kind of character rambo is and it's just it's just like that yes i it, made him <laughs> there's that um clip i can't remember what reality show it was it was from where this white gay man was trying to explain to this asian woman that she really didn't know how it felt to be a minority (laughs)